Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the Miniatures Gaming Podcast. Yep. So you know how you know a game is a beer and pretzels game? Uh, yeah, if you can drink beer and pretzels and the game is at its best while you're doing that while playing it. Yeah, but, but if you don't already know the game, I, I think it's a good way to know if you've never played it before. If it's going to okay. be a beer and pretzels game, it's when they literally name it after snacks. You know, what, you know what game I'm talking about? No. No? The, the latest box of Kill Team. They just called it Nacho Mound. It's literally just, a, you know, <laughs> with your plate of nachos. <laughs> okay. Except I'm not sure that Kill Team, they're trying to sell that to you for sure. Yep. But I think that's false advertising. I think Kill Team Nacho Mound would be... It's a great name for a beer and mm-hmm. pretzels game. I'm not sure that you can play it as a beer and pretzels game. Yeah, that's why they've got to push the, the beer and pretzels name so hard. Because it's yeah, really not. To, to override it. Yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. Look, it's called, it is called Nacho Man. All right. Well, so on the other hand, though, if it's okay. not named after nachos or other beer and pretzel type of things, uh, you, you have a lot more trouble. Oh, if it's got like a really hardcore name. Yep. What, what would be Something a hard like game? Uh, maybe Malafox. Yes. Or, or even making it like French to make it even more complicated and be like. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, Malifo to make it sound a little bit more French. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, so that's the game we're going to be talking about today, Malifo. Yeah. So we've I think we've played like some test games before, and you've played with some of our friends. Yeah, and you you bought the miniatures and read it over, so I played with your guys, mm-hmm. and yeah, I got know. two different armies because one of the great things about Malifaux, uh, if anyone doesn't know what Malifaux is, uh, it's a uh, miniatures uh, small uh, small squad size miniatures game, so it's a skirmish game between six to ten guys basically per side. Um, where the, the theme is basically um, in the Victorian era, basically, uh, there was a portal that opened up and people went over there and found and basically discovered that you can gather magical crystals that allow you to create, to, to use magic in Victorian era. So basically what happens is that uh, in it, the, the game is, is about these, these guys basically who are crossed over into this world. So it's not that many people who are basically fighting over these crystals, basically, and control over the mining operations. And because it's set in that period time period, uh, there's a lot of like cowboys and uh, what do you call it? A lot of unique themes that are great, honestly. And the thing that makes Malifaux really stand out uh, is the miniatures, or that has made it really stand out, is the miniatures, basically. Yeah, because I've bought the miniatures before just for the sake of painting and basically built a diorama out of them. And some of them kind of, they were meant to be able to come out of the diorama, but then they got stuck in the diorama. So I, mm-hmm. I couldn't bring them to paint to <laughs> paint with, but they, so they were play. really cool to paint as a diorama for one crew. Yeah, so basically these are some of the, I guess the first reason why you might want to play Malfo is because the miniatures are really great and they're about, they have a lot of themes that are not really popular 
in uh, the wider world of uh, miniature gaming. So just the setting of Victorian, you'd think it would just go heavy steampunk, but instead it has this like, what do you call it? Like bayou kind of theme mixed with cowboys and martial artists and stuff like that all kind of thrown together. So instead of going into the straight, excuse me, Victorian era steampunk kind of thing you would expect from normal miniatures, this one is like very quite different and the basically since second edition they have decided to do really high quality uh plastics so not the, the plastics are not as good quality uh as uh games workshop but besides games workshop i think they're the best plastics you can get on the market yeah, yeah the quality might not be as good but i think the designs are like the designs are excellent so that's yes. what's really attractive that even though like the detail might not be quite as deep and just the assembly is yeah. assembly is well known to be more difficult than most other plastics. So that's a small yeah. downside, but if you're a miniature player, you can kind of get used to it. Yeah. And the quality of the designs, like you said, they're, they're not always hits, but overall they're quite high. They are comparable in terms of quality to, uh games workshop styles except that their style is not heroic so they don't have giant heads and ham hands instead their artistic style is a little bit more akin to uh, 2d styles where uh heroic people are a little bit more stretched out so instead yeah, of having like, like your your character being like five or six heads tall which is you know, if you saw someone in person like that, you'd be like, wow, this guy's a giant head. Uh, yeah, I, almost think of Nightmare more, I almost think of Nightmare Before Christmas where they're all like super tall and slender. Yeah. Yeah. So instead they have people, if they look deformed, they look stretched out deformed. And it's obviously an artistic uh, style as opposed to a lot of the times when you look at heroic miniatures, it looks like it's a mistake where they're trying to, uh, where it's like a child made your miniature, right? Like your child designed the person's body sizes. Like your head is giant, is super big because, you know, children generally see the head as more important. So when they draw it, their head is like super big. You know how like a child, when you see a child's drawing, oftentimes the first thing they draw is a head with the arms and legs sticking out of the head because they recognize when they look at a person, they think about a person as a head with arms and legs as being important. That's how they see people, right? And it's only after they get older, they're able to actually understand the proportions and everything like that. Actually, That's what I think of as heroic style. So just, you know, I'm just throwing in my, um, uh, what do you call it? Mandatory bashing of heroic scale uh, on every single one of our podcasts in there. Yep. And how Malfo actually doesn't do it at all. There's yes. There's people who, if they're stumpy, they're meant to be stumpy because that's the character. Exactly. And it matches and, their art. Yes. It's a lot more artistic and a lot more akin to, you know, like normal heroic scale in in art would be instead of being seven, seven and a half feet tall, which is a, a normal person in like realistic scale. Seven and a half uh, heads tall. Yeah, mm -hmm. seven and a half heads tall. Like heroic in normal art is like eight or nine heads tall to make them look heroic.
this giant not, his tiny head. Yeah, it's not the opposite. I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm that's the last I'm gonna talk about how heroic scale is doesn't make any sense in miniatures. Uh-huh. But for Malifaux, if you don't like that style, because it is very stylistic, that like you will see people that are much more stressed, stretched out. They're not necessarily realistically proportioned. And if you don't like that artistic style, then maybe you won't like it. But overall, the actual sculpt of the, the sculpt quality is quite high. Although sometimes some of the, um, what do you call it? The, Andrew. I do see some miniatures who are a little bit stiff, right? As mm-hmm. if they were designed with, I don't know, like, like a like a doll basically right they're positioned like a doll as opposed to a normal human body that bends and contorts and can um it needs to know, balance. stretch in different ways it's not like your arm is not just two sticks right or three sticks right and your spine is not like i don't know one curved stick your spine can curve and move in a whole all different ways right so when sometimes the malifaux like not all the time. Sometimes the Malifaux models are great. They look exactly like the art, right? They're, they're proportioned and whatever, but sometimes I do see that, I don't know if you call it lazy or whatever, but they, they just, the, the guys look like it's just positioned on a, on, on a doll as opposed to with not the full human range of motion, right? And mm-hmm. you can kind of tell that they just, you know, modeled the leg and then they just kind of stuck the leg that way. And then they modeled the general body and then they just kind of like warped it a bit to make it kind of look like how it's supposed to, but it doesn't necessarily fully uh, model what a real person would be like. Mm-hmm. But like, that's pretty, I, I think the reason why you might see that more in Malifaux than uh, other models is because Malifaux models in general, they try to make them very dynamic. Like they're very kinetic in movement. So in some ways you could say that where they fail, it's more obvious because, uh, because they're trying to be more ambitious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when they hit, man, the models look great. Yep. So hmm. in terms of like, we played it and Mm -hmm. it was my first time, probably basically my first time playing a whole game. It did take us quite a long time. To get through a whole game, it took us four hours, I think. Yeah, it was ridiculously long. That was basically especially remember this is six to ten models on each side. Yes. So four hours is a very long time, but there is some reasons for that, which I guess you're going to go through. Yeah, it's a learning the rules, which the rules themselves are not super complicated. It's once you get to the actually abilities of the guys, just Mm -hmm. being able to a keep track of them and needing to go back. As like, if you're not an experienced player, you have to keep going back and reading them to make sure you know which abilities which guy has. The stat lines aren't super complicated. They they don't range hugely. They stay in a fairly narrow band. So those mm-hmm. for a miniature gamer are easy enough to learn. It's just the yeah. back and front of the cards are just covered in rules for every unit. Yeah, so like the core game, I think the most complicated thing is the terrain rules. The core gameplay is kind of, is in and of itself. The core loop is quite cool. So like Malifaux, I think a lot of people. So besides the fact that the models are great, right? The next thing is that it has this cool mechanic where you have um, you instead of using dice, you use a deck of cards, and what that allows them 
to do is, you know, following along the kind of cowboy kind of aesthetic, you Just basically have a, playing in a saloon. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing a saloon. Uh, you have a hand of cards and basically normally when you try and do an action, you just flip a card and it's like high card wins, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're trying to do full on poker hands, but high card wins, but you have a hand of cards and you're allowed to replace any cards you play that flipped up with a card from your hand. In most cases. Yeah. Well, not every case, yeah, in but lots of cases. Yeah. When, yeah. Basically whenever you have a, a competitive flip, so whenever you're flipping against an opponent, you can you can replace that card or do mm -hmm. a skill test, right? Yeah, which means so, you can plan things out a little more. <clears throat> it's not it's not fully random. Yeah, exactly, right? And um, the suits matter. So sometimes even if you get a high number, you want a specific suit to come up. And normally that would be quite hard if it's just, you know, you flip a card to see it. But because you have a hand where you can replace it with a card on the, of that suit, if it doesn't come up, it adds a little bit more uh, uh, planning, an ability to plan. And it's not just about um, risk reduction, which oftentimes you have for uh, miniature games, right? For dice games, where it's about kind of like mathematically calculating what is your actual risks before you take it and before you want to, to commit, right? Whereas for this game, you can kind of do a little bit less of that because you, you're basically playing, you, you already know that you could force the success if you need to, right? So mm -hmm. for players that hate or, or cannot really, yeah, cannot or really hate the, um, what do you call it? The uh, actual kind of uh, decision making in normal dice games, right? Where you have to do a lot of the calculations on whether this is a good move or not before. Yeah, say you if you've can, got like five dice, you're like, oh, I need, I need this many hits. I have five dice. What's the percentage? You just yeah. Even and what is the alternative? Doing? What happens if I fail? What happens if I do it? And then have to plan all that before I actually make the decision. This one you can kind of do more like oh, well, I know I can force it if I need it. So I don't have to necessarily calculate all of those things. And I know there's a lot of like guys that are kind of bad at the, or like I said, bad or don't like it. I'm, I guess I'm showing my bias saying, oh, they're just bad at this. But I feel like a lot of people complain are just bad at it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you don't like that kind of, of calculation, right? That, that kind of actuarial nature of uh, prediction and stuff like that. Um, Malifaux with the card things helps alleviate that and make it not as bad. Of course, it still comes up because your opponent can also flip and your opponent can also cheat. So you still have to calculate it somewhat, but it helps make it by, by being able to cheat, uh, it helps mitigate your need or your, your how important it is to calculate all that stuff beforehand. Yeah, and I think that mechanic works really well in Malifaux because what you're doing for most of your turn or at least most of your tactics revolve around trying to pull combos off with your units. Like one guy moves another guy possibly up into range or another guy like increases the damage on something. Mm -hmm. And then, then you basically like go from one guy to the next trying to pull things off. So I yeah. think that works really well that, you know, you can actually keep that combo going because of the cards you have in your hand. So yeah. it's a good mechanic for Malfo. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point that, the reason why this game took four hours, you know, besides the fact that we were learning, there's some complicated edge cases. Um, the idea that like there are so many rules makes this game very, very 
deep and very, very card gamey. Like if you like Magic the Gathering and combos and like creating, what do you call those? Um, Rube Goldberg machines, right? And this is something that people love if you're like into, generally if you're into Magic cards and like combos and things like that, or sort of Magic the Gathering the game, not Magic cards. Um, uh, or if you liked War Machine and that kind of gameplay, I think Malifaux is definitely of that style, right? Where you love combos. If you love comboing, you love looking at, at, at different kind of guys with a billion different abilities and trying to create your Rube Goldberg win condition, this is right up your alley. But that makes the game very, very complicated and very deep and deep in a way that is rules intensive which means you need to know, you have to have a lot of institutional knowledge to play this game. Yeah, because we played War Machine for a long time, which this felt a lot like War Machine, so we weren't like, oh, we can't yeah. play games like this before. But yeah. most War Machine models don't have quite that many rules on them as this. And I think with War Machine, you have like units that go up to 10 guys often. So your positioning on the board matters quite a bit more for like where you can make your charge ranges. But in this, it, it dials that back a little and leans more into putting the combos off, which I think in a game that's based around doing combos, like you don't want too many guys on the board. Otherwise, it just there's too you much stuff to move. You need them, right? It drags, the it drags the game down to move like five guys yeah. around, which are just performing one function. Yeah, exactly. Like War Machine, you might have like 20, 30 guys on, but like it's really just about changing the uh, area control of your unit you really still only have like six to 10 units on the table. It's just one unit consists of six guys, whereas in Malifaux, it consists of one guy. Yeah, and he has more wounds. They may they might all have yeah. one wound each, but now you've got a guy with like five, eight wounds on him. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, and so the game, I think, I think that's like good and bad, but it's very, very dependent on what you're looking for in a game. Yeah. And this makes the game also not really a beer and pretzels game. This no, game you have to be really you have to be on the ball. And you've, you've got to be yeah, on yeah. the ball. You've got to be concentrating. You have to have your plan like lined up pretty well ahead. You've got to have the distances right as well to make sure you can actually make the charge. So it's... yeah, yeah. If you're playing like when we played, we tried to help each other, right? Figure out what's best to do next and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, we talked it out. But if and and that's probably you know if you play that way with with a group that does that it's probably becomes a lot easier to play but if you're playing with a group that is hyper competitive and won't help you and it's actually just hoping for you to make a mistake in the rules to win mm -hmm. uh you're gonna have a bad time or you're gonna have to study like a lot like this game is not a side game right it's very mm -hmm. hard for this game to be a side game no, you need to have memorized all your guys' abilities. And beyond that, if you want to play it well, you need to have memorized your opponent. So you know if you attack them, they aren't just going to like move away. Because we both had units where you attack them, they just kind of, okay, find it. Yeah. They just move. Yeah, and if and if you're playing like in a competitive thing where they just said, okay, and then after you do it, they and you're expected to follow up and attack, and they're like, well, my ability is to move away, and you just got screwed, like, mm -hmm. it, it does not feel good, right? And, you know, However, if you're playing like, you know, good friends like us, they would tell you before, you're like, you know, after you do this move, I'm, I get to move away. Do you still want to do that? Mm -hmm. Then you can be a lot, you know, depending on your community, it can be a lot 
you have a, a very different experience when you play, right? And mm-hmm. the game is more, can be more or less forgiving, very much based on the uh, group that you're playing with. Um, I know we mentioned uh, War Machine, and I think there's a lot of people maybe who got burned in that kind of thing, but not, but still might like that kind of gameplay. I think uh, Malifaux is in general a kind of an upgrade to War Machine. Okay. Um, I like, there's a couple of things that make uh, it, in my opinion, better. I think the one thing you mentioned, right, it has less guys. So there's, it's just easier to, to concentrate on the comboing, right? Which also, is the main thing. Also, I think with the big difference between those games too, is that one is sort of an all-in-one turn mm-hmm. with War Machine. Yep. And then in Malifaux, it's, I go, it's alternating activations. So you're not, you don't, the puzzle you can sort of conjure up in War Machine, you can conjure up something really crazy in War Machine because all your like, say, nine elements could all just activate at once before your opponent does anything. Whereas in Malifaux, okay, you start trying to pull- Or half an hour as well. It could take half an hour for you to combo off. And if you're in a tournament, Mm -hmm. you want to take as slow of a time as you can just so that you don't make a mistake. Yep. Whereas terrible for your opponent, by the way, in terms of gameplay, in terms of fun. Yeah. In Malfoy, you can't guarantee to pull off a combo that long because your opponent, if they know what they're doing, will start seeing the combo being built and then try and move to break it, which is actually like probably more entertaining rather than just sitting there watching your opponent destroy you yeah. while you do yeah. nothing. So it's it's much less Rochambeau. So that mm-hmm. makes it a lot a feel a lot more interactive. Oh, well, it, it's not just feels, it is a lot more interactive, right? And you can still build the combos, but like being able to pull off the combo while your opponent is, you know, trying to interrupt you feels a lot more satisfying. And, you know, the, the combo is not going to be the quote unquote perfect, whatever combo because your opponent is reacting, but getting it off well enough to get what you want done feels like more rewarding and more interactive and more fun when you can pull it off. Right. Yeah. Cause you've now gotten around your opponent rather than your opponent, like doing nothing against it. So, yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes you can still like, I know I said, you know, the cheating allows you to pull off combos and stuff like that. Um, does, uh, overriding kind of the more, um, what do you call it? The odds based kind of like uh, handling kind of, uh, of, of normal dice games, but you still have times in the game because you can, every round you only have five cards to cheat and you might have bad cards in your, the hand right you you get a random number of five cards so uh it allows you to um still have the fun of like there will be times when you know you're both playing you're both cheating right so you're both trying to like you might cheat a really good card your opponent will then cheat a good card right so you still have this resource that ends up running out especially in the critical turns and then you still end up having the uh occasional times where you're just trying to get the heart of the cards thing and i know it's the same kind of thing like you get you still get the points you know in in a normal dice game it's like oh i need a six right or to win and then you're like you get it you're like yeah that's awesome right you still get those feelings in malifaux even with the cards because you're both you know your good cards get mitigated by your opponent and then as the 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 turn that the actions happen in the uh turn at the end of the turn you're reliant on whatever 
you run out of cards that you can play. So you, you're required, you're, you're still reliant. And when that card pulls up in your favor, you still get that great feeling of like, you just won the jackpot, right? Just like, um, similar to the thing like i don't know like in card games right when you in magic the gathering if you're down and you're like oh my god i need i need my whatever card right so that i can combo off right and you're like you know you gotta you know or in Yu-Gi-Oh, right you're just like i need the heart of the cards to pull up this card to win right you still have those actions that happen to malifo yeah the part of the faction i played because i played Neverborn, i found interesting and didn't expect was that there's actually a bit of a deck building mechanic to it. Even though obviously the cards aren't what give you the abilities, the, you can basically burn burn out parts of your deck and discard them. So what's left of your deck, because obviously, well, in the game, when you finish drawing your deck, you reshuffle it and go again. So if you start removing crappy cards from that deck, it's kind of functioning like a deck builder where you keep improving the quality of your deck throughout the game if you can remove cards. So that was sort of an interesting mechanic I didn't expect mm-hmm. to, to see exist in the game. Yeah, this is one of those things where I feel like I was surprised at how well Malifaux, like we said there's so many rules and everything on these cards, right? I was surprised at how well the Malifaux theme shines through these rules. Like you're playing the dreamer, who is this boy who basically, when he dreams, he can basically, he manifests on on Malifaux and controls a bunch of dream monsters that get summoned into existence. Mm Yeah, and it really felt like that's what he was doing, right? He was summoning these monsters, and depending on the emotions of my side, right? When I fail a, when I fail a a, a willpower check, mm-hmm. you can summon another monster, right? That was very cool thematically, um, and it really, it really, like the the design and the character of the of of the of of the army really came through on the units, right? It wasn't just, oh, these are cool mechanics. It's like, these are based on a theme and it really played out to make it seem like you're summoning monsters and dreaming and stuff like that. And then I played uh, Shen Long, which is this, uh, he's supposed to be like a Shaolin monk with like, who's the master of like, I don't know, five different Shaolin styles. And I really felt it where I'm like charging my, my key and then I'm switching styles for the right style for the time to to do the action it really it really sold the idea of like these martial artists right fighting these dream monsters and so i was really surprised how even though like i don't know i wouldn't necessarily like all of these rules like these super rules heavy games i have to say that they did help make like add on to the theme and allow these characters to feel very individual and very thematic in how they acted on the on the battlefield. Yep, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, other parts about it: style, war machine. Hmm. Yeah. So overall, I think I I guess overall, I think it was it was quite good. I don't like we 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 are just beginners, so we have no idea. Like because it's super rule heavy, one of the issues that you you often have in these type of games is that it becomes imbalanced, and we have no idea if the game is balanced or not. I will say that we played the game out and we ended up in a tie, so mm-hmm. so I guess for us it ended up being balanced, right? 
Well, so they put out the cards online, though. You you obviously bought the pack of cards, but they do put them out online. So they have the ability to balance things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, Actually, that was one thing that was annoying to me. Like, uh, I bought the cards when they came out. So this is the third edition of Malifaux mm-hmm. um, that we're playing. Um, and it And I bought the card deck. But when we were playing, I was like, how come this guy doesn't have... Uh, well, half damage. you had one half the rule was written. You're like, oh, okay, here's the here's the attack. Where's the stats for the attack? Oh, they're missing. Yeah, turns Oops. out that this card deck that was printed had uh, yeah errors in it, so that was annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good thing is, all these rules and all these cards are free. Like Malifaux gives out these cards for free, and they are like online. And these cards are really nice. Like the ones that I that that they sold in a pack is really nice. They're like extra large, I don't know, tarot size. They're, they're a little bit, I don't know if they're tarot size. They're, they're like weird size. They look great, but it was just super disappointing when there are, uh, you know, errors in the these beautiful cards that I don't know how I'm going to work this. I guess I have to just marker in the damage <laughs> and tell, tell another player if I'm playing, like, you know, trust me, this is what it says online. However, the great thing is, like, if you don't buy the cards, you can get every, you can learn how to play this game, get all the cards for free. You don't have, you only pay for the models. Yep, the rules are free online as well, which if you want to get other people into the game, it's way easier to get people into the game when they can go read the rule without having to invest in the game, so. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that I guess we kind of skipped over about, you know, the miniatures and everything like that. Malifaux is actually really cheap to, to get into. Yeah, when you compare like the single box models to GW's like single individual models, obviously you don't have all the customization options, but when you buy single minis in Malfo, it's nowhere near as expensive. Yeah, I think there's some ways you can think about it, like um, like a box of five or six minis is it's like 40 to 60 or something like that, right? depending mm-hmm. on the size. Uh, if you compare it to like infantry in games workshop i guess the games workshop infantry might might be cheaper but the characters that you're getting are much more designed they're like right so it's it's a lot of the characters you're getting are much more akin to the character packs in games workshop which are ridiculously expensive right like certain characters like jane czar is worth the same price as i don't know 10 guardians or 11 guardians right if you mm-hmm. buy them, which is like a weird spread. Whereas Malifaux is generally, you know, normally priced based on the box, right? The, 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 so it's much more reasonable in terms of in terms of the cost per model, right? Everything's a little bit more normalized. Yeah, and you don't need very many models either. So when, yeah, if you decide yeah. to build a fully fleshed out army, it's not going to run you huge amounts of money. Yeah, like there's a ton of starter boxes, right? Like that's generally how you buy buy into an army is that you buy a starter box and the starter box, I think the normal game is, I've already forgotten, was it 50, 50 soul stones or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I think, and then your your leader doesn't, your leader and their, um, their totem is free. So it's actually, leader and totem are generally like another 20 or something soul stones. So technically the game is 70 soul stones, but it's, Priced at 50 soul stones, but 10 of those soul stones you can use just to get extra uh, rerolls and stuff like that, right? So you don't even have to spend the full 10. So, you, so 
you just need 60 soul stones worth of points and each box that starts out comes with like 30 or something like that or no well, 30 plus the, the, the leader so it like comes with 50 so like you can actually you only need like the one box plus one or two other like plus technically one other box right which ends up being what like 70 bucks or something like that mm -hmm. for like eight models so, so seven or eight models so it becomes very reasonably priced if you want to get into this this game right it's under it's definitely under 100 bucks to get in and you can literally choose the specific uh, master that you want and this game by the way i guess we didn't mention that is that it's master focused so you choose your leader and then the leader the leader you choose then tells you what units you can bring right and yep. basically every unit has a faction and then also keywords and so when you choose your master any any unit with the same keywords you can include in your army and any unit that doesn't have those keywords but is in the same faction you can include if you but it costs one extra soul stone right mm -hmm. extra point basically for the game so um so in terms of yeah cost of getting in the game this is one of the cheapest games to get into right like i guess i guess it's the same price as, as kill team right the starters of kill team is what 55 or 60 bucks yeah for the small starters not the bigger action packs yeah, yeah except you don't have to buy uh the extra 50 dollar rule book to play the game so mm -hmm. uh it's actually 50 dollars cheaper than kill team or $60 cheaper than Kill Team to get into. Yep. I think you can still do a lot of like list theory crafting, even though your list is relatively small. I think you can spend a lot of time like theory crafting out lists, despite there only being nine yes. guys, just because of all yeah, the that's combo. that's the other thing. Sorry, go on. Yeah, just because of all the combo elements that go on. Like just the yeah. fact that you include two or something instead of one can hugely change the play style of your army because you've only got nine things on the table. Yeah. So, and obviously like yeah. the total max allocation of any unit is usually quite low. So you're, mm -hmm. you're never gonna like have to spend piles of money to go out and buy crap loads of one thing just cause they made it, made it an option. Usually the limits are pretty low and they kind of, kind of correspond to the boxes it looks like. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah. So you can play that kind of card or deck building or army building side game that you have in normal normal miniature games, right? Which kill team, Warhammer 40,000 kill team uh, does not have anymore, right? It's very, very limited in terms of that uh, army building. And another thing that's good is the army builder for Malifaux is free online. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the so how I built the armies was like literally the free army builder. I think you go to their site and it's just like an online thing and it has links to the cards. That's why I knew that the card that was printed was wrong because I, I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then I looked at the army builder and it pulls up the actual card that you can use. And I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, the points are That's quite low. So the points are quite low. So I don't think you're gonna have to rely on the army builder. Unlike games that yeah. go up to like 2000 points. You're like, oh, we're yeah. adding to 2000. I would like a program, please. Yeah, but it allows you to see exactly what you need, right? Uh, and allows you to like sift through the, like, the options that you, you could use. So oh. the army builder is actually decent. Yeah, because yeah, there are the add-on abilities as well, which... Yeah, so there's add-on abilities and there's units, like, you don't necessarily, if you're trying to collect them, you don't necessarily know what the, what units you could include, because unlike, I guess, this is, I get, again, a good and bad things, right? It has positive and negatives, but 
like I said about the army composition, your leader can it doesn't isn't limited to units that are in its faction. It's limited to units with its keyword, which is a lot harder to look through in terms in their in the model line, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but on the army builder, it's very easy. Like you click on the leader and then it just literally shows you the units you can bring. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it allows you to, it's, I don't know. I, I really like that kind of thing because of the way the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the fluff of Malifaux is the idea of these leaders being stuck in one faction instead of being able to pick and choose from units that would fall under the things they do makes a lot of sense in that world, right? It's not like, like the factions in Malifaux are much more nebulous. They're basically just like corporations and things like that. They're not, they're not like super specific, like split, uh, split. Yeah, totally um, different places. They yeah, exactly. It's not like this army is from this area, right? And there's no way they could recruit someone from the other place. Actually, they all live in the same area. They're all like fighting each other and they're all recruiting people who fall under their purview, right? Like you could be a um, arcanist kind of person, but who likes building robots. So why couldn't you have guys who like building robots who are part of the Bayou, right? Or Bayou. Right. So that kind of thing. Right. So you can follow. So you, you still get the Arcanist stuff. Right. Sometimes they cost more, but you can you can you choose the units that fall under that that kind of theme, which I like a lot. Yeah, you're not you're not too restricted. So you can build some crazy yeah. armies, but you just pay more points if you start yeah. building something that's outside of the usual wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I think the system is a little bit more complicated a little bit harder to track but because we have modern technologies like army builders and stuff it actually becomes it's not a problem with the army builder right like mm -hmm. the army builder does all of that character selection for you so you have no cognitive overhead when you're trying to build it yeah it does all the points adjustments too yeah the choosing the guys points adjustments all of that kind of stuff is calculated so you don't have to worry about um doing that unless you do it by yourself like right which makes it a little more complicated if you're trying to build it on the go but like with if you have access to the army builder it's not a problem at all mm -hmm. so and it's free so, the army builder is free so like you just need access to the internet okay so i think from our talk we may not be the people who are the the best audience for the game but who do you think is like the target target group who's really going to like this yeah so i feel like this is a lifestyle game uh so this is a game where if you really like the models and the themes and and stuff like that and you want to have this be your main game this is like a perfect game for you if you like that kind of comboing of super deep um rules uh interactions right mm -hmm. things like if you like if you liked War Machine or Hordes, or if you like Magic the Gathering, or that kind of like thinking about, oh, this guy has this ability, which combos with this guy's ability, and then they come together and they do something cool, that kind of thing really excites you. I think this game is great for that. Uh, also, if you like, if you really like that kind of thematic, those things feeding into your theme where you have like, oh, uh, I want, I want my characters to be. You know, if I choose the martial artists, I want them to feel like martial artists who do like the special martial art thing, which is different than the guy who is the 
gun-toting cowboy side, right? Who does their cowboy thing, which is different from like the wizard, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, if you really like that kind of differentiation and that really is important for you that your character is different, right? As a martial artist than the other one, as opposed to a lot of games that kind of make it more generalized, right? And the yeah. theme is more just about the visual look, right? But it, then this game really helps sell that, right? The fact that you will be happy with all the additional rules that make your army feel unique, right? Um, so I think that also really, really helps. Um, all these characters in general are named. So if you, if you wanted your own characters and, and run your own squad, you can't really do that, right? Because each master is literally a character in the world of Malifaux. Yeah, so a, lot to, of, a lot of your units are characters as well. Yeah, so if you like the character kind of dynamic, right? Uh, where you don't write the stories of your guys, but you're playing guys that are unique and cool and like important in the universe. Uh, you know, that that's also part of the thing, right? So, but if you're the type of person that wants to, you know, carve your own story with characters who are more generic and then they become yours, something more like Stargrave or, or whatever, uh, then, you know, you're, you're not gonna like that as much. Um, but I think the most important part is really just the comboing like the idea that you want a super deep game, you love the miniatures, like the aesthetic, and you love that super deep kind of thing. And you wanted this to be your main game and you're going to continue to play it with like a group of people. I think this is a, honestly, I think this is a very good game. Yeah, I don't think you'd try and mix it with other main games. You're just not mm -hmm. going to, you're not going to have the time to keep up with it. Like yeah, playing yeah. Some, some other big, like big scale game, like Age of Sigmar, if you're playing something big scale, if you're playing something really complicated like Infinity. Mm -hmm. Or there's other complicated games out there, but yeah, it's hard to double up because all of those games are kind of lifestyle games, like main games, mm -hmm. where like we love Infinity. Um, but I guess at this point, we played Infinity enough, it can become a side game. But the reason why is because we played so much of Infinity, right? Yeah, to, to like that we dedicate years of of this being our main game, playing every single week almost, or sometimes even more than that, right? For it for us to get trained up enough that we don't have to play it every single week, but we can still have fun with it. Yeah, and the same thing is for Malifaux. Yeah, yeah. Infinity just sort of has more units that makes it really difficult to memorize. That mm -hmm. if you want to know what that unit does, like what it looks like, and generally how it functions, just because there's like a hundred plus units, it yeah, takes yeah. a long time to like memorize all that content to the game. Whereas Malifaux, there's less units, but they all do way more, so it's going to take a lot of a lot of time to learn all the abilities. Yeah, and I think um, I think the terrain rules are a little bit overly complicated in Malifaux. Um, they went through and, and made it very, I don't know, almost like a computer game kind of rules. But I don't think you necessarily need that complication to make it all work. But they, they have it. In, but, you know, that I guess that's just a general complaint. But, like, um, but that's the kind of thing that the way the game plays, right? It's very specific. All these kind of rules are very, very detailed. Uh, so honestly, I would consider playing this game if we didn't already have a bunch of other games that are our main games, right? Like we play Infinity and we play uh, uh, Frostgrave 
as main games. We have our own game that we play, and we have a bunch of other games that we play every once in a while. There's just not a spot to slot in Malifaux. However, if Infinity didn't exist, mm-hmm. I could see playing Malifaux as a main game. Yeah, because you know, we like, like War Machine and stuff, and and honestly, because the middles, the models are cool. Yeah, because if you enjoy deeper games and you like getting deep into like the knowledge and theory crafting behind how you're going to play the game, then a lot of the simpler games like Frostgrave or Kill Team, they're not going to give you that, like they're not going to reward you with trying to do that because it just doesn't exist within the space. Yeah, scratch is but, a different bra- part of your brain. Yep. Yeah, it's more just how you move your guys around the board and the whole, whole story that goes on like on the board. But, but in terms of like planning things out before you ever get to the table, like there's certain games that really reward how you build your army beforehand and this is one of them mm-hmm. yeah and then how you play them good thing is that i feel like how you play them on the table matters especially because every single master is different and how even if you know your general game plan you have to react to what your opponent is doing so it'll always be <clears throat> I th- not always but there's a lot of like interplay on on how it ends up playing on the table um yeah, so I guess I'm actually quite positive on this game. It's just we have too many other games, and Infinity scratches that itch for me. And although Malifaux is a good game, I think Infinity is a better game, basically. But it's very yeah. different. It's like, I think overall it's a better game, and it's overall more like more about placement on the battlefield and like hidden knowledge and stuff like that, which makes I think infinity more fun for me, but I could, I can't say that Malifaux would not be the right game for people over. Like I couldn't, what am I saying? Malifaux. I could see that people would say Malifaux is the game for them. Yep. And I couldn't be like, Oh no, you should play other games because this game is like, I feel like it is, kind of of the games in its kind of class where it's like super complicated kind of uh next level kind of what do you call it, card gamey kind of, of mechanics this is the best game i've of that type i've played in a yeah honestly i think this is the best of that game of that type that's out there right now yeah and usually when we play games for the first time there's things you're like oh this is really weird why in the world did they do that that, that impression didn't come around through malifo so yeah. Yeah. Again, we're beginners. So maybe there's some issues that we're not seeing, but at least on first impressions, uh, every things did look very well thought out. Right. And a lot of efforts seem to be put in for, to make it very clear about what's supposed to be happening and stuff like that. Like in Magic the Gathering, right. Where you're supposed to be able to look at the card. No, like it might be super complicated, but you just read the card and it'll tell you what it does. Right. In the same way, Malifaux, at least the the armies that we built felt like they were very very specific and 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 you kind of knew what they they were doing right if you read the card even though sometimes you had to read a lot of text because there's a lot of text on those cards yep yeah all, all right. right so i think overall i don't know i'd be i'm quite positive i don't know what do you think no it's it's odd to be very positive about a game and be like yeah, I don't need to play that anytime in the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. It's just like, I have games that fill the spot that hit me, hit what I want a little bit more. But this game is super good. I totally recommend it for people that like that theme and stuff. And like, 
I have a bunch of armies for this this game, especially because I think these are the best like kung fu minis for twenty eight millimeter on the market. I don't think it's kind of weird because it's like one one portion of faction, right? But these are the best kind of like Asian inspired, you know, Chinese or Japanese kind of models that are out there. And I might be a little bit biased because these are some of the only miniatures that are not heroic scaled and in, in, in for these kung fu minis. But like to me, these are like the best that are out there right now. Yeah, unfortunately, Malfoy's more like also for cowboys too. Yeah, unfortunately, Malfoy is more like thirty-five millimeters tall. So trying to like fit it in with your no, other no, it's not thirty-five. These games, thirty-five is really is, is a lot bigger. It's it's around thirty-two. Okay. I would not say it's thirty-five. It's it's definitely bigger than Infinity. Okay. Uh, but I it doesn't get up to. It's not three millimeters bigger because Infinity is thirty-two no. currently. So. It is not thirty-two. Well, is it? I've seen them. I've seen them claim thirty-two on their sites. So. I thought it was more like 30. It's definitely, I don't know. The scales are all weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that they are bigger than uh, Days Workshop mod- models. They look bigger because they have realistic proportions. So they don't look like cartoon, cartoon big head guys. But I don't think actually in terms of height, they're actually taller than uh, Games Workshop models. Well, I wasn't ever considering using GW models for anything else. So that's okay. <laughs> I don't, so yeah, Games Workshop models are slightly bigger too, right? So uh, I guess if you consider Games Workshop 35, then yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, but I have a whole bunch of them. Uh, but I yeah, like you said, I'm not going to play this that much. But I, I don't know. If Infinity died and we had a Malifaux community, I'd consider playing it. Yep. So if you have Malfoy communities in your area and you, you lack <laughs> support other them, great game. If you're wondering about playing this game, definitely get into the game. See if you like it. See if this can become your main game. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I think we I think we covered our first impressions pretty well there. Yep. Um, yeah. If you have any thoughts about Malifaux, uh yeah, give us a shout. If you have any questions or, or thoughts or whatever, yeah, you can contact us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything, or let us know what you're up to it by joining Dice Over Everything group. All right, this has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.